All who come to this happy place, welcome. Sonoma Sun FM presents. Live from Sonoma, California. Well, for starters, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Tim Livingston. Cut you fat, Jesus. Slide it on back. Pete Livingston. Kind of a big deal. And Sam. I want you to remember this face here, okay? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Taking you into Monday the only way they know how. With love. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Can't hear Those Livingston Brothers on Sonoma Sun FM, KSVY 91.3 Sonoma. Well, that's interesting. We uh, had our intro ready to go, and it was like the best intro I've ever done in my entire life, and now all of a sudden I can't do it because something is wrong with the external line. That's just fantastic. Um, Here we go. We're off to a great start tonight. I had it. It was a great intro. I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. It's not even funny. And now I have this feeling... Shoot. Not happy. Not happy at all. Pete, this is what we call an epic fail. Oh, man. Epic fail. Epic fail. Even though I hate the use of the word epic in that way. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely an epic <clears throat> fail. It's just... Keep trying to... Can, I can't... I can't... I couldn't hear it anyway. Well, you know, we, we, uh, we switched up the intro like we talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks and... Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh yeah, now we gotta do something hype for Evo, and I got, I was able to get sound from the from the finals for for AE tonight, and all of a sudden, poof, nowhere to you be know, found. Like the fourth week in a row where we just totally screwed over the the intro of the show. I think this is just <laughs> ridiculous. Why do people mess around with our stuff like this? I think we just even know if you don't belong on the radio station, then you will. Like, not mess with anything. I mean, I have the cable in my hand, Pete. I put it in... Now my microphone. Does my, does my microphone still smell like somebody rubbed their undercarriage on the microphone? No, actually, it's... Let me it try this. So fresh and so clean. Clean. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Oh no! Someone messed around with the old, uh, with the old external input. That's fantastic. So now that's not well, working. This, this is just riveting. I, <sighs> man, I hope Bob's listening. Bob, we would like to move into the large studio. Yeah, this is ASAP. This is bad. This is really bad. I'm sitting here. I did, Pete. I had like the intro of all intros. It had so many hype, awesome moments from AE and. You know, it's it just crap. Depresses it, me. It it, it's sad. I crapped all. It's just it's crap right now. I feel like I just crapped all over myself. It's just oh, it's it feels. We're in a funk, dude. We need to get out of the funk. Speaking our of production, our our first five minutes of our show production has been horrible the past month and a half. <sighs> this is just bad. And I'm looking at him like, why? Why I have everything on? For the intro, it's like, okay, so why aren't you working, you know? And, well, <sighs> this is Not just... Not cool. 
Not cool at all. Not cool. Are you absolutely sure we like didn't miss a little lever? That yes. You had to push up. I'm all. I am all set. This is where you put your your. Where's uh, the other end of the cable? Does it go down below it the goes table? Goes down below the table. <laughs> and, hey, well, uh, I'm not I going can, under the I, table. How about, I, how about I shave the the intro to the show? How are you going to save the intro to the okay. show? Late breaking news. Uh, this just texted to me. Two of the snails that are in my fish tank are doing it right now. Wow. This just in. That's boning down. Boning down to the max. Just bumping uglies. It's science. Legend of Round Valley style. How long is it going to that it's is science. a very good question. Uh, if anybody is out there, uh, my uh, partner in crime, Joseph Creasy, just uh, asked this riveting question. How long That's it what I was looking for. takes for a snail to climax and reach? Wow. Uh, of fruition. Uh, <laughs> you know what sucks about the intro to this is that we had... You oh, know, I was... What did we have pe- I was... I had... Uh, I mean, we're going to obviously get to the results from Evo because, A, you were there, and, B, I got to see the entire grand final and, and top eight, and it was just ridiculous. I cannot believe how ridiculous it was, actually. Um, but, uh, you know, I had the sick beat behind it. It was timed out perfectly. And Dude, we're doing it next week, then. I know. I no, we're doing this next, doing week. next week. There's no reason at all why this shouldn't work. Sam, look for another one of these. Another one? Another okay, one. At, where? No, on the table. Oh. Anywhere. Look. Don't question. Look. <laughs> now is not the time for questions, Sam. I would not question the authority of Tim Livingston. So, yeah, we have... Wait a minute. Barbison... Evo, Evo Grand Finals happened tonight, and I have snails boning down back at home, so... Good night so far. Good night. Yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, so Pete, let's just do this. We're gonna have Gibby Z. I'm sure Gibby's listening right in right now. He can call in whenever. I've I've told him that he will be able to call in and, and talk about what went on tonight. Um, arguably the 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 uh, the biggest day in the history of competitive gaming. Uh, as I looked amongst the crowd in the crowd shots from. Uh, from the the finals today, especially top eight for AE, uh, I I'm going to at least estimate that there was somewhere somewhere close to ten thousand uh, in attendance. That was they had it was the largest ballroom that I have ever seen for an Evo, and it, and was, it was easily packed. over two thirds packed. Yeah, and it was completely packed for AE. Like there was no way you could get into that at all. Absolutely yeah, no was, way. It was absolutely. Uh, but yeah, by the time AE rolled around, by the time he came in through the front door, I mean, people were, I think, at least like 20 feet, you know, in from the door. You know, that's how it was. And it was just, uh, it was just absolutely yeah. packed. Um, I'm going to bring up com while I do that, Pete. You have to answer the uh, question that was on everybody's mind all weekend long. How was it sharing a bed with J.D. Parisi? Uh, sharing a bed with J.D. Parisi was probably the closest I'll ever get to touching God. So 
Uh, it was probably one of the top three experiences I've ever had in my life. Okay. Um, anytime you get to wake up in the morning and see that gorgeous face lying next to you, you know, <laughs> you know it's gonna Stop be. It. You know it's gonna be a good day. They're fantastic. You just know it's gonna be a good day. Um, we're. That's just that's phenomenal. That's just that's incredible. It really is. Um, Waking up, you know, from just a, a, a nice, beautiful slumber with your legs of the time, intertwined. It works every uh, possibly time. Possibly <laughs> by coincidence, I don't know, but. <laughs> JD, JD, JD says this needs to stop now. So, of course, I'm going to keep going because let it me that now. <laughs> This is just ridiculous. This this is truly, truly, uh, truly ridiculous. ridiculous. Let me. No, never mind. Oh, yeah. I don't think. Let, let me tell you about Vegas. That's where sadness just goes to vacation. I think because when we played this game after, I think it was like our first or second night filming. We were having some beers, hanging out down at the bar. And uh, we decided to walk around because JD had never been to Vegas, and okay. kind of got he kind of got the grand the grand tour. We mm-hmm. started playing this game where we decided we would try and see how many sad girls we could find or crying girls. And I think it was something ridiculous. Like we saw like six girls, six, six, or, seven. six or seven girls, crying. yeah, crying, like le- legitimately crying throughout the evening. Like mascara running, I mean it's just Vegas is a beautiful place, you know. It's just a it's a beautiful, wonderful place where I think <laughs> girls just like to get mistreated to no end for whatever reasons, get abandoned by boyfriends. I don't know, possible breakups. It's just it's insane, and they just kind of wander around the uh, casino floor, just like crying with alcohol in hand. Jeez. Um, Pete, we do have a question from Los Livingston's sister texted in. Uh, who was the big spoon between you and JD? Who is the big spoon between me and JD? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the bigger man, uh, but, J- but JD was by far the big spoon. And he- <laughs> This is fantastic radio, Joseph. You know it. And you can and you can take that comment however you want. <laughs> uh, oh God, you guys. JD, are... the big spoon cruising. Oh, that's just ridiculous. All right, Pete. Well, let's do this. We're gonna um, obviously when Gibby gets in, we're gonna talk a little bit more about what went on tonight. No. Right on the questions. Bring right. it on. What do you Let's want to know? I was there. All right, we'll start. We'll start. We'll start with the the final that you did indeed stay for because you you saw didn't basically happen. every didn't final. Happen. There was no finals. What was that? What? I said there were no finals. For what? There were there were no final. No games were played tonight. That was all just 
A ruse? That, what you guys watched was a compilation of old uh, <laughs> footage that was pre-recorded. It was it was the greatest photoshopping of made of a, of yeah. a number of people. Um, yeah. But you know, the one thing that everybody talked about was the Marvel final coming in. Is the first time that MVC three had seen itself on the Evo stage. Obviously, you know, evil genius Justin Wong was thought to be one of the guys, if not the number one seed coming in. And there was talk of Viscan, and of course the guy you're following, uh, Ryan Ramirez, Filipino champ, had made his way into the top eight as well, along with many other great players. Um, But what's normally named the Hollywood game of the tournament turned out to have... Um, a very interesting final four players, and Pete was there for it live. Kind of talk about what you saw. With the final four, it came down to Viscant, PR Balrog, and I think Justin Wong, and I don't know who In the Combo four. Fiend. In Combo Fiend, yeah. Um,. The big, the big thing, the big surprise was the fact that the finals came down to PR Balrog and the scan. Yeah, that was the thing that was really, really weird. Um, that uh, I saw the results because I had just gotten home, I gotten dinner, and I just missed the end of the Marvel Capcom final, and that was one of the craziest things that I saw. Both Justin Wong and Combo Fiend, probably the two guys favored to win the whole thing. Uh, in the losers' winner, like the the top losers bracket. But Pete, before we move on, we have to bring in um, someone who Gillette has said in the past uh, they just don't have enough razors to sponsor him. No, they don't have any. They don't, ladies and gentlemen. Gibby Zia has made his uh, return to the show. Gibby, welcome. Hey Tim, how's it going? Um, uh, sorry about my voice. I've been uh, calling out and yelling a lot. Yeah, I Pete, you can hear Gibby, right? Yeah, I can hear Gibby. Okay, so quiet, but I can hear him. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Pete, how's it going, man? <laughs> how's it going? Gibby's Gibby's voice is basically shot, Pete. Uh, Gibby is very brave for coming on right now and joining us. Uh, he was a busy man. He was running a King of Fighters 13 tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. You guys should have been there. Or Pete was there. But yeah. Tell me. I was. I was busy working for the man. Ah, the man. The man. Um, we were just talking about the Marvel Top Eight. That was the, the last one that Pete stayed for. He's actually en route back to Sonoma as we speak. Um, we were talking about how. The final came down to Viscant and PR Balrog, which was probably the the matchup people didn't think they'd see in the final. They thought they'd see uh, Justin Wong and Combo Fiend as a lot what a lot of people thought might be there. Although a lot of people did have Viscant in the final too. Um, I mean, you know, Gibby, what, what's your take on what happened with Marvel tonight? Uh, Marvel tonight it kind of showed uh, what everybody's been saying for months that Phoenix is a bit overpowered. Uh, you see, like, for instance, Justin Wong, he would destroy an entire team, and all that's left is Phoenix. And Justin has his whole team. All Phoenix does is die, go into a dark Phoenix mode and X-Factor and kill the rest of the team. Um, this, me, personally, I love that stuff because I, I grew up in an age where everything everything that was cheap, 
and uh, broken or whatever people would like to say it was abused. So I'm, I'm fine with it, but uh, many people uh, nowadays machinely hate it. But uh, overall, I feel uh, Marvel Steel is great tonight. Uh, it, it shocked a lot. Of, the results shocked a lot of people. Um, almost everyone assumed Justin would take first or second for sure, but he ended up taking uh, what was it, third, I believe. Yeah, he took third. Combo Fiend ended up taking fourth. Yeah, and PR Rod was second. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what many people were hoping was that uh, uh, Tokido or Daigo made top eight, but uh, I don't know exactly how far they made it. Uh, I know, uh, I believe Tokido made it to top fifteen. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I thought that both Tokido and Daigo made the sixteen. I I didn't get a chance to watch. Yesterday was a, obviously a busy day up here for us with, uh, you know, our grandfather's 80th birthday celebration and all that. Uh, so we missed the whole Marvel Capcom three uh, lead up to the top eight. But I'm pretty sure Daigo and um, and Tokido got far along with Neo, though Neo just bowed out right before the top eight. So uh, I really want to see Neo go far. Yeah. Um. um uh, uh, not, not to get kind of off topic, but did you see the little eight or nine year old kid? Yeah. Now, Pete, you need to tell me about this because he texted me yesterday about this kid and how he had just the crowd following him everywhere. Pete, you need to talk about what happened with this kid. Yes, please. Yeah, there's a little kid. His name was Noah. He's nine years old, and he's probably about like three feet tall, and. He got sent to the stream, which was on the main stage, in in pool play. And I guess what had happened was he he played a match, won, and then uh, they sent him up to the stream. He says, "Oh, hey, look, this kid! He won his first match. You know, people should should watch him play." And what started happening was uh, nobody really paid attention at first. Yeah, they just thought it was kind of, you know, cool, kind of funny. There was a little kid up there playing, which I did too. But as the evening and the day went along, he kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. And he had a fairly unconventional team in that he had Hulk, uh, Wesker, and trying to think of who the third was. Yeah, it was Sentinel. It was Sentinel. Gibby, Gibby said that. That's the, what it was. Okay. Yeah, Sentinel. Well, that's not too unconventional. I guess Hulk is the unconventional part about that team, uh, but still, well, you don't. You don't. I don't think you ever see. You just don't see that. You don't see a Hulk Sentinel Wesker mm-hmm. team. And what he did was that was so amazing. Was he wasn't ultra technical. Like he wasn't doing the most insanely difficult stuff. But what he did was just very effective, and it was just really crazy to see. I mean, the place was absolutely going nuts, and by the end of the first day, uh, every time he went up to the stream to play, I mean, everybody stopped what they were doing and had to watch this kid. And it was just, it was insane. Nobody had ever, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Especially the way he handled. I mean, I, I filmed it, and I'll probably post some stuff just so people can see. But uh, the way he handled it, he wasn't shaken at all. And 
he, I think he he liked it a lot. You know, by by the end of it, he was kind of you know pumping his fist to the crowd and stuff, and uh, it was just insane. He ne- he didn't lose. He ended up finishing in the top like forty or something like that. I mean, he made it. He made it far, and then he finally lost uh, uh, an East Coast player who uh, put, who put him out. But that was probably one of the coolest coolest things uh, in the tournament was mm-hmm. watching this little kid Noah, who I guess had only been playing for about a year, mm-hmm. fighting games. Four months, yeah. But yeah, like four months for Marvel, and. Uh, it really is remarkable. Like, that's one of those kids, like, if he keeps playing, it's like, man, I, you can only imagine how he's going to do when, uh, I don't know, when he's like a teenager, when he's like 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. you know, when he has all the experience under your belt. It's going to be nuts. Um, but, yeah, that's it, it really is. It's one of the most remarkable things that I've ever seen. You know, this little kid who's nine years old, and he get, he would get up there on stage, and he would be struggling to carry this stick with them and it was you know like half his freaking size and he would just plunk himself down on a chair and his feet were i think his you know toes were barely touching the floor and Mm -hmm. just mash away on that joystick and just beat the crap out of people it was pretty pretty amazing to see you Anyone else who wants to call into the show right now, 707 is the area code, 933-9133. Uh, we do have Pete, the third of those Livingston brothers, out on the road right now uh, calling, uh, driving back from Las Vegas. And then we have Gibby Zia, who is the moderator of SNK-Capcom.com. He's with us, and 25% of his vocal cords, but 110% of his hair, which we're very happy to hear. Um, Pete, uh, you missed AE, and I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, you should have stayed. It was yeah, well, I. I pretty much did stay. I left uh, right when Punko was fighting uh, the Viper player. Okay. Oh, so when he was facing uh, not Wolf Chrome, but Latif. Yeah, okay. facing Latif was when I was leaving. So, so you saw you saw the upset to end all upsets then? No, well, I I kind of did, but I didn't really because I was spending most of my time. I was trying to track down Ryan uh-huh. uh, because he had my lab, my lavalier mic still attached to him. Yeah. And he ran off, and so I spent like the next like hour uh-huh. kind of running all around the place trying to find him to get my mic. Yeah. And so I kind of saw it kind of didn't it was kind of like every time i would pop back into the the the, uh the ballroom like something would be going on and uh but no i didn't get to see all the upsets i saw tokito get bounced got yeah i saw him get eliminated by latif but uh uh i didn't get to see daigo get eliminated Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't get to see any of the other big name guys get bounced either so yeah i mean it was uh it was pretty remarkable uh fudo was the only fey long in the group and pete uh pete and you know gibby will probably express shock at this three vipers and only two yuns uh which was which was pretty nice 32 i think it was like 16 fey longs 
in like eight or nine yuns. It was something ridiculous like that. It was just like really bad. But the fact that there were so many vipers, that was surprising. I don't well, think a lot of people really expected that. So. Well, the viper and, and Gibby will probably talk to this too. Is uh, is because of her neutral jumps and the burn kicks is kind of a great like foil for a lot of the dive kick and reca you know the the reca pressures that Fei Long brought. So it was actually a, a pretty dang good matchup. You know, Viper was was a good foil for them. And watching the stream, I think the most incredible thing about it was that it just seemed like, you know, 80, 90% of the time the Viper players had an answer for whatever a Yun or a, Fe, a Fei Long threw at them. It was really nuts. Well, that's the biggest thing in general. It's probably just the players. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the biggest the biggest thing, I would say. Yeah. Is just, well, I mean... What were you gonna say? I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, you you talk about that, you know, Pungo. Wow. Uh, I mean, him. He destroyed Daigo, and and you know, Gibby, your thoughts on this coming? Uh, it was it was not even like it wasn't close. Like Daigo didn't get two hits in wise at all. It was Pungo completely dominating, and it was one of the more remarkable things to see live because. You know, in all the tournaments leading up to this, Daigo Jun had basically dominated in every tournament he played in. And then he comes, and people think he's going to skate to the title. People think they should just throw the three-peat up for him right now. And then in the opening round in winners, Pungo, who had won the crowd over, and Pete will, and Gibby can both speak to this. Gibby will go with you first. Then came out and utterly destroyed Daigo and basically turned the top eight on end. Uh I mean, did any of you, I mean, we'll start with you, Gibby, did any of you think that Daigo would fall like that at all, period, to any of these other seven players that were a part of this top eight? Uh, yeah, a lot of the people at the show felt that uh, Punko would uh, maul um, Daigo because of his play style. And it's, uh, a lot of people predicted almost exactly how it happened. They said uh, Daigo wouldn't be able to fight against him at all. Hmm. And it's... Uh, I, I didn't expect Funko to win any match with a perfect like he did, but yeah, he, he made Daigo look like uh, like me playing a little two year old. Yeah, no, it was uh, that's, yeah, that's especially what it was like. But um, uh, a lot of people expected him. To, uh, everyone thought Funko was going to win. Yeah, uh, they were expecting the finals to be Funko and Daigo, but when uh, uh, Latif made um, top eight, and everyone saw the way he was playing. And we got that actually in the match before the grand final after Latif upset Daigo to take down, to have a chance to take down Pungo with, you know, he had to win two matches in a row. You know, Pungo had just lost the winner's match to Fudo and Fudo was sitting pretty and had to be beat twice. And Pungo just sat there and was waiting for the winner. And man, Latif that, that that was the grind of all grinds to beat Daigo like he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Latif ekes out one over Pungo. And actually, there was a couple of rounds there where he utterly dominated Pungo. Like, Pungo didn't have, uh, a, you know, a shot. One round in particular, Pungo, I think, had like a 30% advantage 
uh, I think it was in at the end of uh, of uh, the first round of the first match, and Latif caught Pungo, I think, on an uppercut miss and ended the round. And yeah. it was, I think, that kind of turn because Pungo had kind of made his mark as this guy who made all the right reads and was taking chances and they were paying off for him. And then he got caught, and that, I think, set the tone for the rest of the match. Yeah, the, that's actually uh, what screwed up Funko in the end. Because, like, if you watch his matches against um, uh, Fuda, he was, he was winning each time. He had, like, maybe 40 50% health, and he was about to kill uh, uh, Fuda's Fei Long off. But uh, he would, like, whiff, or, like, he would um, do a dragon punch, which would get blocked or whiffed, and then um, Fuda would counter with Ultra. Mm-hmm. And it would get kill it killed him each and every single time. Um, the same thing happened when he played uh, Latif. Yeah. But um, the the matches against Latif were much better because um, um, it's just kind of hard to say this. I guess um, say it right. I mean, uh, Latif put on a better show. Yeah. Uh, Latif had put more effort into it. Uh, with um, Fuda, it seemed more like just random chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not taking anything away from Fuda. Fuda is a great player, but uh, these matches with um, uh, Pungo were just amazing. So those were the best matches in the tournament. Yeah, and you know Fudo, I have to say, I think one of the two of the two of the the rounds in particular in that in the in the fi- the grand final, he was lucky to get wins. It was. It was. I'm try, I think it was in the first in the first match of 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 the final, and I think it was uh, the first or second round of the second or third one. He swept three nothing, but there were times where, like you talked about, Latif, I think was outplaying him. But then he made he made two crucial mistakes. One is that he backed into a corner, and and you know Seth, if you when you watch the UStream of this when it's posted, you're gonna hear him just be almost like visibly angry like audibly angry at Latif backing into a corner against Fei Long who is just one of the best pressure players in the game and Fudo was just relentless and there was nothing that Latif could do about it and he backed himself out of a couple of wins that he probably could have had in that grand final yeah so but that was you know and, and Pete you'll get a chance to watch this obviously when it gets posted uh, but you know for my you know and, and and Gibby could probably speak to it. Do you think that that was probably the best top eight you've seen, uh, in, like in 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 the evos that you've watched? Because I mean that that seemed like the highest competitive. So many uh, best of three going to final round of the third match. Uh, you know, top players in the top tier world. It was it was pretty spectacular at times, and really I think had a lot of drama and a lot of emotion. Uh, do you mean just top eight in general, or top eight for Street Fighter Four? Uh, for well, I think maybe in general. I mean, I, a lot of people are saying that this was probably the best top eight that Street Fighter has seen, uh, Street Fighter Four has seen since it's been released for sure. But there are a lot of people who are putting this up against some of the better top eights that Evo has ever seen. Yeah, so for Street Fighter Four, I feel this is um, the best top eight they've had. Uh, this is only the third year they've had uh, Street Fighter Four in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel this was the best. Uh, overall, the best top eight. Um, I don't know exactly. It would probably be one of the Marvel twos from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Marvel fan of this. Uh, sometimes they, they get really intense. Yeah. Um, not to backtrack, 
but uh, about Noah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Pete was there, but he won uh, the Rising Star Award, meaning uh, the uh, new up-and-coming fighter that everyone should watch out for. Oh, that's or, uh, cool. A new up-and-coming player that everyone should watch out for. That's pretty sweet. Pete, yeah. did you get a chance to like actually talk to the little guy at all, or were you just shooting him? Yeah, I, I spoke to him for a bit. Cool. What about you, Pete? Did you get a chance to talk to him? Uh, talk to Noah? I, I don't think so. I've, he looked at my camera a bunch. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Uh, that's too funny. Um, so, you know, there were the three other games that that were played beforehand. Obviously, nowhere near, you know, probably the excitement level of the uh, – uh, of the obviously the two big ones in Marvel Capcom and and AE, but there was uh, the Mortal Kombat Nine Championship that was won by Rio taking out Perfect Legend. Let's see here. Actually, let's see here. It was actually Legend taking out Rio. Rio forced an actual true final. He did face. He did not. Uh, uh, legend into the to the losers bracket. the The results are kind of wonky here. Um, Core took Tekken six. Let's see here. Uh, Tokido actually got seventh and was tied with Ryan Hart, who made yet another Tekken top eight. What a surprise there! And then uh, Spark took the Blaz Blue Continuum Shift two title. So that was the one that started the the five. Uh, finals at Evo today, and video obviously will be posted all over YouTube. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this, um, but Ustream reached 1.1 million views today for Evo. Wow. 1.1 million views. And there was at least 90,000 people at one point Watching the AE finals. Jeez, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, I was telling Sam this. Uh, that is just for people watching on the stream, let alone people in. I mean, you're talking about kind, you know. And I compared it to to pro wrestling. Uh, the latest buy rate for the last WWE pay per view. This was a paid event. Was about a hundred and thirty to a hundred and forty thousand buys. Okay, this was ninety thousand views and over one point one total throughout Evo, which is just in freaking credible. Even if it's a free stream, and you know, I, I hate to bring this up now, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Um, but with that many views. I mean, do you think that Evo would do the unthinkable and ask people to pay for Ustream access to watch uh, the Evo finals? Uh, no. Well, they did something kind of similar to that on, uh, I think it was Evo 2009. They did a, I don't know if it was a partnership or what, with, I believe it was IGN.com. Mm-hmm. Where uh, you had to go through IGN.com, I think, because uh, they weren't going to release a DVD or anything that year. Okay. I think to watch 
the stream, I think you had to go through IGN. I don't. I think it was before like you stream and everything was more established. It was like oh eight oh nine. But uh, I think that was the closest that they did, and I don't think the people reacted too well to it. No. So I think they're just going to just stream it normally. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they would have to charge people to buy. They're doing a good job of just letting everything grow organically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not. They're not trying to cash in on on anything. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why people... I, I think that's one of the reasons why they're, they're so successful in having their numbers grow, is that it's very community and, and fan-driven. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it's so successful. They're not thinking, oh, look, we got this great big cash cow. You know, they haven't sold their rights to anything. They haven't... A lot of a lot of people who are kind of new to the scene are saying, "Oh, they need to get on MLG. They need to do major league gaming. You know, they need to get in on this. You know, get more mainstream." And the Canons and everybody else who are operating it, they've done a great job of of not just jumping at the first bid and getting the easy money. You know, and kind of yeah. pulling out. The evolution tournament. They just said, "No, we'll just keep doing it, same way we've always been doing it." And it'll if it blows up, it blows up. If, if it doesn't, then it just stays a small little uh, community. And by doing that, it's like it's been compared to dozens of times. It's kind of turning into the World Series of yeah, Poker, and it is. You know, it's kind of gone from a, to an, an obscure. Uh, Activity. I don't know what you would want to call it. It's not a sport necessarily. Um, well, a competition. You can call it a competition. Yeah, just you know, some type of competitive gaming that has gone from obscurity to now it's more get a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. You know, G four was there covering it pretty extensively, uh, like the last day or two. Yeah. So it's it's definitely people are starting to notice now. It's on the radar, and it probably is. It's probably only a matter of time before they they can't even have it in ballrooms in Las Vegas. They'll probably have to rent out like a convention center or something yeah. for it. That's probably going to be the next step because they're already pretty much going to pack an entire. Probably next year they might pack an entire ballroom. Well, Las Vegas. I, well, I so. mean, this was basically packed. I mean, everything that I saw when they took crowd shots uh, was incredible. I mean, there were people seated, but there were people standing in groups all around it, almost looking like it was back towards the wall. Uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at an incredible situation here. And obviously, you have the Thomas and Mack Center. Um, there's a Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, in at the Hilton in Vegas, which is which is probably bigger than any of the bigger ballrooms you can get at some of the major hotels. That's you know the MLB winter meetings have been held there. Uh, was that's where I got my job when I went to the Blue Jays was at the convention center in Vegas. So I think you're right. I mean the way this has grown, and I mean the one the one thing that and and Seth you know pointed this out is that he he just kind of cried out a couple of times just because he couldn't he can't imagine it getting as big as it has. And now you're looking at a situation where, like you talked about, and Gibby, you can talk about this next. I mean, where can this go? I mean, this has this has a chance now of being bigger 
then, you know, as far as competitions go, this is now, and it has been probably for a couple of years, depending on who you talk to, the premier competitive gaming event in all of video games. Well, it's, it's definitely the premier fighting game event. Yeah. Um, premier competitive gaming event, that, that is debatable. Yeah. But um, this, year, uh, this year was a mix. It, was, it had its, uh, the competitive gaming side and had... Um, Bits and pieces of a convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had um, uh, some of the companies come and run panels, uh, had Q and A's for the fans, and stuff like that. So um, uh, it, this it can be much bigger than this, and it, it will get bigger than this. Yeah. The only thing that would hold it back is uh, a casual gamer who's interested. Yeah. Well, one and then I think one of those is that you talk about is making it. You know the game a bit more accessible. Obviously, there are people who are ahead of the curve. The the, the hardcore guys who are putting in, you know, dozens of hours, you know, a dozen hours a day uh, preparing for this. But right before the final, and Pete was there, and I think you saw this too, Gibby. Uh, Yoshinori Ono announced that there will be a rebounds for AE by the end of the year, um, and there that elicited giant giant cheers from the crowd. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, though, and, 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 you know, you guys, both of you answer. We'll start with Gibby first. What can be, I mean, obviously the, the rushdown players have the, uh, you know, have the advantage in this game with Yoon and, and Fei Long being, being probably the main culprits after AE was made. Evil Ryu and Oni were nowhere to be seen in the, in the final, or Yang, by the way. So Yoon was the only of the four new characters that made it. I mean, where does the rebalancing go uh, for AE going forward? Um, they'd have to uh, improve some characters. Uh, I can't really, if I get to specifics, it would take way too long. Yeah. Um, they, they'd have to improve some characters and weaken certain characters. Uh, weaken, they'd have to weaken, like, um, uh, Yun Yang and uh, Fei Long, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, the, like, the main thing people complain about, uh, their dive kicks. Yeah. So, like, if, if you were watching the finals, you saw all the dive kick pressure that uh, Daigo was doing some of the players. And it, it was working half the time. And um, same with uh, Yoon, his uh, crouching medium punch. It would it beat almost, like, everything. Like, if you notice when uh, uh, one of the Viper players would do the burn kick, mm-hmm. he just crouched medium punch before it even gets near him. Yeah. Even if it looks like it's hitting him, but there, there are plenty of things. Let's say they, they can like tweak here and there, try to make it more balanced uh, and uh, more appealing to the casual gamer. Because the the hardcore gamers, yeah, they'll complain about it, but they they won't care too much unless it's like really, really, really bad. Pete along right? this, Pete along the same lines, is this going to get into a situation where you know they had to release Ultimate Marvel Capcom Three, which will come out this fall? I mean, do you kind of think like this game might reach a point where even if it does get on, you know, like they did a rebalance right away with Marvel Capcom 3. They took down Sentinel, but they left guys like Wolverine and, and, and Phoenix with Dark Phoenix uh, pretty high up. Um, do you think that even with a rebalance that it's not going to really change Things like, do you think that there's still things that are going to be beaten down into the ground and really become the forefront of of the game going forward? Well, like I said before, so much of it is players. It's everybody has the same tools. Everybody can use the same characters, but 
everybody uses them differently, and it's how you utilize them. Um, probably one of the more balanced games was Super Street Fighter Four. Yeah. I mean, I could honestly say that any character could win a, tor- a tournament, and you saw that with, you know, you had Vangief yes. making top eight last year with, with Zangief, and everybody's blown away by that. And you had Gamer B playing Adon, who everybody wrote off as one of the worst characters in the game, and he almost wrote him to the finals, you know. And then you had Ricky Ortiz, who was playing Rufus, who was supposed to be nerfed horribly, and, you know, Daigo still played Ryu, and he was supposed to be nerfed a bunch. Well, not a bunch, but nerfed uh, enough. And then, I mean... They made final. It's it's just so much of it is... Yeah, some of it does need to be balanced, I guess. But uh, so much of it is just the fact that the good players usually are the ones that make the finals, and it's not always so much the characters, but, uh, you know, stuff does need to get toned down a little bit, I I guess, in some of those games. Like, Phoenix is kind of ridiculous, and Wolverine is pretty ridiculous, but, I mean, I don't know. In the end, it really is, so much of it is the players. I mean, it's it's not the characters that are are playing, you know, It it is human beings, so... I mean, you have to put in that that fact of human error, and some people can read people better. You know what I mean? That's and, what that's what um, you know. That's what won it uh, for a lot of the players in the top eight today. Just a lot of very good reads. Yeah, and that's 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 the biggest thing is you have to have that ability to adapt. You have to be able to change on the fly. Uh, recognize patterns and then predict future patterns. I mean, there's so much that goes on and you just have to know what your character is capable of doing. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So is it, is it cool that they're doing a rebalance? Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty for it, you know, because sometimes those characters are, are kind of a little over the top. You know, especially on when when you have a top thirty-two that you know about two-thirds of it is made up of two characters. Yeah, yeah you kind of do have to think about that. Like maybe we should uh, change it up a little bit. But you know, like I said, for the for the most part, a lot of those people in the top thirty-two are probably going to be there with or without a patch or yeah. a new game coming out, just because they're just really great players. Yeah, Gibby, talk about the King of Fighters 13 tournament, which had one of the more interesting uh, first prizes to a tournament that many people have seen. Um, yeah, uh, the King of Fighters 13 tournament wasn't an official tournament. Um, we did it uh, in the spring year on console area, but we were sponsored by Atlas, who, who are localizing the game here in the USA, and that's how they play more, who, of course, um, Developed the game. Um, we had 53 or 54 entries, I believe. Okay. Which is the, the largest number of entries for an SNK tournament in, I think, any major that has happened in the States ever. Um, we had a $1,500 cash pot plus prizes, as you already mentioned. 
Pete, turn down the speaker, man. We can't hear Gibby at all. That was the GPS. I know. We can't hear it that well. <laughs> I was wondering what that noise was. Um, no, I'll try to speak a bit louder. Just have, I'm in the halls of a, a hotel right now. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, uh, one of the prizes was uh, one six, uh, one six scale figure of one of the characters from the game, Mai mm-hmm. Shiranui, who is um, a very very <laughs> voluptuous lady. I guess yeah. You uh, question. Yep. Was the was the figurine bouncy? Oh, it was bouncy in uh, the upper regions and the lower regions. Oh my god! Yeah, <sighs> we actually raffled that stuff off. Um, we we gave the, the top players money. And anyone who didn't make top spots got uh, free stuff. Uh, we gave them a raffle. Uh, we gave them a raffle ticket. Uh, hold on, uh, we gave them a raffle ticket. And we just went on from there. And uh, people loved it. We also had an original, uh, an original piece of art from the artist for King of Fighters 13. Uh, one of a kind, signed by him, of uh, Kyo Kusanagi, the uh, main protagonist of like pretty much the entire KOF series. Um, and then we had like small little things, download codes and stuff. But uh, overall, the tournament the was, was, was pretty good. Had a few hiccups here and there, but uh, it, it, uh, everyone who entered participated. We had very few disqualifications, uh, some amazing matches. Um, the only downside was uh, many of the players, uh, they, they were playing the, the new rebalanced console version, and they didn't want to play the arcade version anymore because the new version was so much better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's just, it's going to be good once the new version comes out. Everyone that played it liked it. There, there was not one single complaint anyone heard uh, about the game, other than like a few little things here and there. But it's, uh, because I was uh, they were running on dev systems, not a normal system. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I've heard that this is a major improvement on 12. I actually didn't pick up 12. Um, I liked 11 when I played it. It wasn't as great as some of the other KOF games I've played, but um, I'm really looking forward to 13, and I hope this, you know, kind of picks up steam and people get in, involved with it. It looks like it's going to be pretty fun. So nice to hear that the the KOF tournament went as well as it did. Um, you know, we're a couple minutes away here from finishing up, so I guess just kind of get your final thoughts on you know Pete Pete coming back. You know, Pete, talk to you. We'll we'll start with you, and then we'll kind of go to Gibby to wrap up Evo as a whole. Pete, talk. You know, talk. Obviously, you went down there for a reason. That was to get the the documentary, the first real main, uh, main start of of this year long arc for two guys that you're following, two of the best Marvel Capcom players in the world today, and their uh, their journey of sorts to be um, you know champions and, and what they've done now in the community and what it represents to how the community has come to this point. Go ahead and talk to to the people out there about uh, what you and JD did this weekend uh, at this Evo tournament for your documentary. Oh, well, we just did a lot of filming, a lot of like 15, 16 hour days of filming. Uh, I actually didn't get to get any footage of Neo 
Uh, he actually got bounced from the NBC3 tournament pretty early. Yeah. Um, like, I think he made it out of his pool and then got bounced in, like, the, the quarterfinals, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not even – he may or may not have made it out of his pool. I think – I know he lost to Daigo and uh, maybe one other person. But I, got, I didn't get to get any footage of him, but uh, that's something we'll have to do throughout the next year. But, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of great film. Filipino champ did some uh, networking, talked to some of the guys, uh, Tony Cannon and, you know, Mr. Wizard, and just some of the other people in the community. Uh, but, yeah, the first, first, first stage, the first leg of the – documentary has been done and uh you know i think we got some good stuff got some really interesting things cool the, the intro the intro will be nice and uh we're gonna be getting a kickstarter up within the week i think to get some travel money going so hopefully we can spread the word get some people going to it maybe their friends can tell their friends type of deal and, and you know, the more the more the, more, the yeah, better because Got a feeling I'm gonna be doing a lot of traveling this next year. So, well, uh, I'm looking forward to to this because uh, you, you're following two two guys who have a chance to to really make some a splash. Uh, obviously, with Ultimate coming out, that's gonna try and rebalance the field, and it might open some things up for some players that you know, like Neo or, or like Filipino Champ, who had a good run, uh, made top eight on the losers' side for. Uh, uh, for MV for MVC three, but uh, very interested to see you know an ultimate gene changeover right in the middle of this year where you're going to be following these two. That'll be interesting to see how that affects it going into next year's Evo, where you guys are planning on on taking care of all that. So, um, you know, Gibby, we'll go to you, and then we'll kind of wrap things up with the two of you guys, and Pete can get back to his driving, and Gibby can get back to finding his voice. I mean. It, this uh, was this is obviously the biggest Evo yet. Uh, you know, like I said, 1.1 million views on the Ustream for this, which is just an incredible, incredible number. Almost a hundred thousand were watch alone were watching the AE Grand Final. I mean, obviously Evo has a chance to grow, but I mean, just coming out of it now that it's passed, now that you know all the hype surrounding it, and it went off basically without a hitch. Everything went off so well with it this year. I mean, what are your thoughts on it, and and what do you think Evo's going to try and do to top this in, in twelve months' time? Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, they they will top this um, uh, for sure, uh, for sure. But I I don't know what they would do. I, I know that they're going to change the lineup for next year of uh, games because uh, some of the games that they had in the turn, a couple of the games are kind of stale. Yeah. Um. Things that they're they're going to do most likely, and they're they're probably going to add more convention like things, uh, bring more video game companies in, mm-hmm. and go from there. I uh, I introduced all of the Evo staff to the SNK play more people, so uh, hopefully they get on good terms with each other. Maybe SNK will have SNK play will have more of a presence there. But uh, this year, to sum up everything, um, like. It'd be hard for me to sum up everything, but uh, I'll just say that 
uh, if there's one thing uh, other than gaming that people should check out from this, is uh, the Balrog short film. Oh, God, that was incredible. We didn't even touch on that. That was hilarious. I mean, ooh, if, it's, if it's online anywhere, check it out. Yeah. Uh, Pete, did you happen to watch it? I did. I did have a chance to watch it. That's how Ryan and I got separated, because he ran off while I was watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was short, but it was it was really good. Yeah, and that was the perfect length, too, because it was a mockumentary. Um mm-hmm. It was just that was just fantastic. It was it was done as well as something like that could be done. It was just it was just fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, stuff like that I'm sure we'll see in future evos um, because there are more people in the community doing uh, certain little things. There's uh, uh, at the end of Evo they announced um, a group effort between some of the players and musicians that they're making a. An evil theme, uh, evil theme song, and um, they said rap, but you know, rap, hip hop. Some people mix it too up, so I'm just assuming it's going to be like some hip hopish track, uh, which will be the theme song to Evil 2011. Which I mean, it should have been done before, but I guess uh, they don't have one of the people on yet. Which is, uh, you know, uh, yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have you have a sound bite. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, thank you for doing that because. You know, any excuse to play Yipes. Oh, he's so pretty. Goes, Where are your curly mustache? And, and, any excuse to play Yipes. Thank you for that. Did you play Yipes? Oh, yeah, we played it. It's kind of hard because you guys won't be able to hear the sound bites like that over the... I don't think the phone picks it up for whatever reason. Um, um, it's weird, but... They're going to record Yipes' part on the track uh, sometime this week or next week. Nice. And then they're going to release it on iTunes. Very cool. I'll be all over that for sure. Fantastic stuff. Um, well, I mean, you guys, uh, I really wish I could have been down there with you guys, but uh, it sounds like it was, once again, a very successful Evo weekend in Vegas. Pete Livingston driving home as we speak from Vegas uh, back to the Hacienda here in Sonoma. Give as you... they say in the fighting community, shout-outs to traffic. Yeah, shout-outs to traffic. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then uh, Gibby Zia, of course, you can visit... Him and all his uh, his Capcom SNK buddies at snk-capcom.com. And the next couple of weeks are going to be fantastic, especially once the video comes out of some of these finals, uh, especially the AE and Marvel finals. Don't want to miss that. But, you guys, thank you for calling in. Obviously, Pete, we'll have you next week. And Gibby, we'll definitely talk to you once we get to... You know, kind of post Evo, and uh, make sure you guys shower up and get that Evo funk off of you. Uh, no problem. You take it easy. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, the same trip home. Very cool. Thank you. All right, take care, Gibby. All right, bye right, bye. So, Gibby Zia from SNK Capcom, Pete. Thank you for for thank you for joining us, Sam. You got thirty seconds. Words of wisdom. Go. Anytime there is a pony keg of root beer, just divide the amount by two, and that's how much I will have taken. Yes. Yes. Pete, there was a Virgil's root beer pony keg at the party yesterday. Two. Very nice. Two of them. Uh, Nate did a halfway keg stand. It was fantastic. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, Pete, we're out. Snails boning down. Snails are boning down in my house right now. Outstanding. All right, Pete, thanks, man. Everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. 
We'll be back next week with more on Los Livingston Brothers. You're listening to Good Sun night. FM 91.3 KSVY Sonoma.